0: Welcome to another Energy Crew with me, your host, J.P. Warren, and um, thanks for tuning in, everyone. You can find Energy Crew wherever you're finding it right now, but please share likes, subscribe, leave a message, tell me how I'm doing, especially if it's positive, because I like positivity. I think we need more of that in this world today. And, uh, and also check out uh, my blog, energycrew.com, and you can find some information on, you know, uh, marketing, personal branding, podcasting, uh, connecting with people, building genuine relationships. So I don't know if I have anything else to plug. I think that's it. Um,
1: Come on, you got something else? Let
0: me try to think. Okay. Oh, the the thing that the new exciting stuff I told yeah, you about yeah. off script that I'm starting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's big news. I don't know if that's ready for this because okay. this is not about me. Okay, gotcha, David. This is about yeah. you today. So oh. everyone, I am sitting here. I'm so fortunate. I'm I'm excited to be sitting here with David uh, Wontok, uh the drilling manager at uh, Diamond. Uh, what are you, Diamondback Energy? I, I'm, I'm always confused. Like. There's always energy, resources, oil and gas. So oh, yeah, like, you never know. You never know, you know, so. Diamondback. I, Diamondback. There we go. That's all you need. Yeah. You don't even need energy. D- just don't worry about it. No, it's Diamondback. No, no. So you just, fl- so anyway, we're, we're, we're shooting this and recording this at uh the Petroleum Club of Houston right now, having a cup of coffee. And there's a fire alarm scheduled uh, for today. And we know the time, but we're not looking at our watches. So it's going to be, we're going to have to probably cut this up a little bit, but I'm excited about that. A little change. And I try to, try to change it up, but uh, David said, no, man. Like yeah, gotta, I how, mean, how do you survive?
1: Uh, things happen in life. You've got to be able to adapt.
0: You got to be adapting and <laughs> yeah. adapt and move forward yeah. and survive. Yeah,
1: you can't run from it. So, so let's get let's get this kicked off. So you're you live in Midland? Yes. Okay. How long have you been in Midland for? Been in Midland since 1996.
0: Okay, 96. 96
1: so a long time. Is that,
0: that's when you uh you graduated Tech 89.
1: Graduated Tech uh, December of 87.
0: 87. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And what do, so. I'll tell you what let's start this off as we start off everyone man okay. I, i'm first i'm so pumped that you're here i'm, I'm excited well, I'm happy to be here um, i think we gotta give a little shout out to roy strawn right now that guy yeah. is he's uh, he's one of the, the best individuals out there uh making connections what is he lubing deals
1: all right the, the guy can talk
0: the guy can talk the <laughs> yeah. guy can lube deals so uh, roy actually set up this uh this meeting today and we're very fortunate for that so thank you roy everyone check out roy and connect with him so tell me about yourself
1: So uh, I grew up here in Houston. I was born in Houston. Um, Graduated high school, grew up all through. My dad was uh, in the oil industry. Oh, okay. Yeah, he uh, worked for a company called Southern Natural Grass, which became Sonat, which was El Paso, and then Kinder Morgan. So what what did he do there? He was a petroleum engineer, and he did... Completion work, drilling work, that type of thing.
0: So he was in the oil field, what? Started in the 50s, 50s and in, with golf oil. So what, what was that like growing up? First off, what was that like as a, as a child growing up with, with your dad in the old old school oil field? And just kind of what was that environment
1: like? Well, he would, uh, you know, I'd go to work with him sometimes uh, just just to see. He'd suit and ties? Man. Yeah, yeah I'll suit and ties. Tell me about this. I mean, and he told me some stories on where he went for lunch sometimes. Uh, okay yeah you know the with the I get with it the drinks and I, everything else a very, yeah.
0: it, pretty much I feel like anyone who was in any suit and tie business yeah. in the 50s yeah. was doing mad, mad stuff. Yeah, mad exactly Man. yeah three martinis at yeah. lunch
1: yeah and uh but yeah he uh he took me to lunch and and then I went to the rigs with him really yeah uh, in uh, Louisiana uh he would take me to the rigs and I really got interested in it so young you, so you enjoy this oh, you enjoy the experience yeah. of getting out there yes okay. and uh, all the people in the field just uh, so many characters.
0: I'll tell you one thing. That's that's that's. I love hearing that because obviously you know we're in a new oil field. I hate people saying it, but it's true. But the fact is, it's the people. In the, it's the people. Oh, you know, it doesn't matter what time it frame or what generations the people in our industry that makes it so amazing and great. Definitely. So, so that's how you kind of got interested in the oil field.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, I was around it 24-7. So it I'd hear him on the phone, you know, talking in the middle, you know, late at night, you know. It was, uh, it just looked intriguing
0: to me. That wasn't, you didn't see that as being stressful or anything like that? Like, man, this guy, he's got to get up at you. No, know, not really. really. Not
1: really. I mean, you know, through high school, you don't worry about that. Too. You're not thinking too much. You're like, oh, I kind of like to do that. Okay. And uh, graduated high school in 1982. Of course, 1981 is when the oil industry went from 4,500 rigs, and it dropped like a rock. Okay. Still decided to go into it. What was that?
0: Okay, so, so I, first off, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on this later on because I love the fact that. Eighty one, eighty two was a, a huge hit in yeah. our industry, like horrible. same with 86, 86 yes. too. And then there was another one, twenty twenty. But we're I want to talk talk about the difference in the cycles and kind of your perception on how you feel about it because you know people. There's a lot of uh, people in our industry right now that's only been through the twenty fifteen right thing. And right. um, there there's so there's that to me that was bad, but it wasn't as nearly as bad as um, most of them that have happened before. So I'd love to get your feedback on that later, okay. but. Because I want to talk about your, you know, growing up in the oil right, field back then. Right. So you still decided to get into it. What was that? Why? Why would you still decide? Well, I, get- was,
1: I was good in math, okay. sciences. I wanted to be an engineer. Uh, I graduated uh, from a private school here in town okay, and uh, had a really good academic background and so wanted to go into engineering. Petroleum yeah. was logical. Um, but even during the state of the industry, and yes, I mean to, you don't think about that. As, in, go, and as an engineer, you could probably go do something else. Okay, but I really wanted to do that. Okay, and uh, went to uh, went to tech ultimately, and it was very competitive there. How uh, big?
0: So there was, was there large interest to get into the petroleum engineering? Uh, no, it
1: had it had fallen off.
0: Okay, um, I'd imagine a that. lot of
1: some of my friends that went to A and there was still a big group going in 82, but slowly it fell off across the yeah, 80s. Yeah. Their enrollment came down. When I graduated in uh, 1987, uh, we had probably eight or nine people graduating with us. That's it? Yes, that's it. Now, we had a uh, – but it was ultra competitive. There wasn't any jobs. So we had our little – Click that we studied with and everything, but you were always kind of looking over your shoulder.
0: I feel like that's like kind of like middle school, medical school, or like uh, yes. going to be an attorney. You know, yeah. I kind of feel it's the same type of. Uh, I'm not saying cutthroat. I'm saying just highly competitive. Um, right. You always want to stand out, do the best, and all that stuff. So, do you still do you still have some of your old uh, uh, gra- college graduates in the industry still today? Oh well,
1: yes, really. Yes. Do, you, yeah. do you still catch up yes, with Yes, I caught up with one. Uh, couple of weeks ago.
0: What's that like? I mean, y'all, y'all have seen so much in our industry. You know, you, you, you've been through different positions right. globally, um, you know, dealing with different people, de- dealing with different circumstances, mergers, so what's that like? I mean, kind I mean of it's interesting
1: up. to see everybody's story. Uh, a lot of us just started out as, you know, green engineers. Yeah. And some of us went the operations route. Some, uh, you know, went the, got into acquisitions. One of this guy here that I w- that I talked to. You know, he's going to, they just did, did a big acquisition and he's going to be running a billion dollar company there, you know, out of Midland, you know? So it's just interesting to see how everybody expands. So stay with, stay with it guys yeah. and girls. You yeah. got
0: this, you got this. So, it's... so how did you land your first role in the oil and gas industry in such a tough time, such a bad market, such a highly competitive, not a lot of jobs and you're, you know, recent graduates. So what, what, what did you do?
1: So. The bottom line at that time and this is unfortunate because this is this really doesn't correlate okay gpa was king you had to have good grades for anybody to look at you you know a, as an operator now you could take other routes right. and, and be creative there and get into it.
0: but that's how you stood out
1: but you there. had to stand out and then of course worked in the industry uh, during the summers i worked offshore um so what was okay
0: so I've worked offshore yeah, before, yeah. and in my experience, I'm sure, is completely different than yours back. You know, we had, you know, uh, obviously the, new, the newer rigs now have more, you know, amenities, but we had one, one computer with, right. with uh, the Internet. We had one phone to use and all this stuff. What was that like for you back in the day getting out there?
1: It was, I mean, I'm bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. I get out there, never been on a helicopter before, yeah. and land out there in the Gulf of Mexico, and a little intimidated. Yeah, isn't it? Uh, but I was, even then, I mean, we had a phone to talk on and, and the food was great. The food is so good out there. You did tend to gain weight a little bit. I
0: know, very easily, very easily.
1: <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't, I haven't been out. Of course, there's no, there was, there was no internet back then. Yeah. We had just VHS tapes or. Keeping it, I love that. Whatever. But, you know, I'm sure the camaraderie and the conversation was somewhat the same. Yeah. It's probably just the technology.
0: I'll bet it might have been. I'll bet it probably been. Uh, I can only imagine it probably be a lot tighter com- camaraderie just because, you know, there's no TVs, there's yeah, nothing to talk with. No, just like you just talk about each other, you know, yeah. families and stories. And, oh,
1: yeah. I talked all the time. Yeah. And of course, I had a lot of exposure to a lot of people from South Louisiana, which are, they're such great people. Oh, they are. And of course, they're great conversationalists. It, so, and they, they, they could teach you a lot. They were educating this young, this young, bright eyed, yeah, bushy tail, yeah, yeah. green green. <laughs> That's hat. right. That's uh, right. So, okay. So, so, gpa matter. gpa did matter then to get in and 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 i was lucky enough uh, when i graduated or or before uh, you know interviewing i i got two job offers uh, one from marathon oil was that in houston uh, that would be for west texas okay and then the other one with meridian oil which later became burlington resources yes. meridian oil was formed out of el paso natural gas a milestone in southland royalty it was owned by burlington northern because they had decided to get an oil and gas game yeah so uh, a lot of the people that started at meridian oil were from the superior oil company and they interviewed very rigorously and it, it looked very you know it was a different type of company wait the superior oil the company? superior oil so company. i know that because they have to you have to say you that. have to say that yes. because i know
0: that okay you know, are you surprised that i know that yes very much this so. is why okay. my old my old boss my old mentor my man bubba smith used his dad Lonnie Smith used to work for uh, the Superior. Bubba used to tell me stories like, you got to say the. Yes. Like he told me, he's like, so that's how I know that because of Bubba. JP, I'm impressed. Well, thank you. You know (laughs) what? You know what? I don't know. I I don't know how to act. That's going to be my (laughs) soundbite. You know, if you don't listen to anything, listen to minute 11 and one second because that's when he says, I'm impressed. So I appreciate that.
1: So who else was there? Sarton? David Sarton? Yes. He actually interviewed me at Texas Tech. Are you kidding me? No, no. Me? So Travis Sarden is his son okay. and Travis
0: was the first guy I called on when I first got in sales in 2012 or 2013, or so, first guy I called on and uh, yeah, he told me that his dad was over yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, he's a great guy. guy. No, he's out in Midland now.
1: Oh, is he? Travis is. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So anyway, okay. so.
1: So yes, um, ended up going to Meridian a I took that job. I was very impressed with the company, their philosophy. Was that went, in West
0: Texas as well? No,
1: went to Farmington, New Mexico, Okay, which is in the Four Corners. Um, right up there in the four corner of the northeast northwest corner of New Mexico, right about forty five minutes south of Durango Colorado and worked that worked there it was uh, I went out there and interviewed was very impressed it was a small town yeah, but it was a great I could tell it was going to be a great town to live in being being, know, you, being, being that close to Durango to Purgatory, right. the the mountains and whatnot.
0: So leave so leaving Houston to go to, to Lubbock was fine. Leaving Lubbock to go to New Mexico for your first job so this is eighty seven, right? This is be in eighty eight. Eighty eight, yes. First off, I'm so jealous that you graduated back then. I love like the eighties is my thing. Like if I had to go back and time, I would <laughs> yeah. graduate I would graduate high school, I think eighty six or eighty seven. Yeah. It's just a that that time to me, like I love it. Anyway, okay. that's my little side note, little side piece, little <laughs> right. information for you. So you moving you moving over there to new mexico and yes. how how was that your first I it miss, was a,
1: so i was engaged at that time i went out there she was still at tech going to take another semester so i worked out there um you know for probably 6 7 months on my own i was a reservoir engineer i started out as a reservoir engineer and uh and then she came i had to i had to show her for,
0: all right, we're back. We just had a little uh, in, uh, uh, interruption that they were testing the, uh, the the fire alarms here at the Petroleum Club and we passed, which is good. But during that time, um, I went to go use the restroom and they were cleaning the, the restrooms. And I peeked inside the, because the doors are open. I'm not a creep, okay? So let me preface that. Let me, me fr- yeah, you know, I just met you. Let me, let me struck this. I'm not okay. a creep, okay? So the, the women's bathroom was open, okay? okay? Um, I've never been, I've never seen inside the women's bathroom here. It is legit. Like, <laughs> There's like nice wallpaper. There's like a nice uh, couch. There's a love seat. There's like a, a vanity mirrors all around. It's like, there's like full, it's like, why isn't, well, I get why the dude's bathroom isn't like that because I don't, I think it'd be pretty weird if you and I are having well, a it's, business it's meeting. It's nice. I was blown. It was not, it was like a lounge yeah. in there. So I just, I just want to throw out, I feel kind of, uh, I kind of feel that's a little bit unfair, but that's okay. You know, that's, that's another, that's another uh, topic of discussion that uh, I'm going to dive into. Stay tuned for that later. So, okay. So Dave, let's pick this up. All right. So you're, you've been there, you're working there for six, seven months now, right? Yeah. Six,
1: seven months. I'm a reservoir engineer. Uh, we're right in the middle of, uh, the, uncom first one of the first, well, it wasn't the first, but it was a big unconventional play there. The Fruitland Coal Okay. Uh, Meridian was developing that. Um, so I'm in Farmington having a good time and you know, of course, I'm going to marry this girl, and she's got to come see Farmington. Farmington is—it's it, Maces. It's—it's it, okay, you know.
0: But but it's still—it's one of those things that you, yeah, look, I'm a little nervous. You like it, but you yeah, need to I'm come a little and, Yeah, you need to come here so, and actually get a, your finger on the pulse. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So what I do is—is is I fly her in at night. It's the first thing. <laughs> okay. It's dark. Okay. We head to Durango. And then we head, go on and head up to Purgatory. We ski that weekend. And then I bring her back to Farmington to at least see the benefits. Damn. So, I mean, that,
0: you know what? You know? I, think, I think if you've ever lost your job in operations, you can get into sales any day because yeah. that that's a good, that's a smooth, smooth way to get someone to say yes to stay there. I don't know
1: how I would do it in Midland because I'd have to drive a really long way. But I'm in sure Farmington, I'm, I was able to pull it off. But you pulled it. But yeah. you didn't.
0: But you didn't need to prove it to her in Midland. You need to prove it in Farmington. That's right. She that. was already. She was. Yeah. She, that's that's advanced <laughs> sales right there. That's a nice piece of information to share to everyone. All, everyone in the sales industry. Yeah. So, okay. So, she's out. Does so she like it?
1: Yeah, she likes it. Yeah, okay. she gets she, – she. We get married. She comes. in. You know, yeah. Okay. She likes the place. Now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So how long were you out there for? And did you stay in Reservoir the whole time? Uh, no, no. Uh, worked in Reservoir about three years. Did worked on act, some acquisitions, just capital program economics. All the learned a ton. Okay. Capital budgets. Uh, back then, we actually did our economics on a mainframe computer, not a PC. Okay. We finally got Aries later on. One of the first to get that Ares program on the PC, but. Did that for three years, getting kind of bored with the okay. reservoir engineering. Wanted to get into operations, and so I did completion engineering. So how did that, how
0: did, how, did, how did how did you make that? I guess besides the boredom, besides kind of uh, you know, you stay with something. I think two to three years. Obviously, you get to know you become, and then you just kind of you just do you're just doing it day to day, right? So I guess that kind of had the conversation go with I guess your management about switching over to, well, to get in operations. You know.
1: A lot of the companies in in drilling, it's a little different now. But a lot of the companies at that time rotated people around. Okay, you know, after three years, they were more than amenable to move you. Okay, so it really didn't take that much conversation. I was doing good in reservoir, and when I say boring, you know, you're just a new engineer. You want to go to the field. You're doing more of the office work. No, I get that. I get that. um, We we went to uh, so I went on into completions and started fracking wells everybody thinks wells started fracking in the late 90s we fracked everything uh probably i was supervised probably 100 frack jobs while i was a completion engineers we didn't we didn't have any remote we had to go out on site so this is 91. this is now pro yeah p- yes probably nine, 91. okay all right so we're 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 uh Completing those wells. It was a great experience. And so you love that. You love getting it. in the field. Yeah. It's something different, something yeah. new. Or something even th- in the office planning, yeah. it, you know, that type of thing. Okay. So it was a great deal. And, um, you know, did also worked with the production department, just doing sure. just basically work over. learning a little type bit of about thing. that. So, okay. you know, I've kind of done the reservoir engineering. And I, to this day and, and later in my career, not very soon thereafter this, I did it again. But to do that was really good for me okay. to have those different experiences.
0: So do you think it's as important to have those experiences in, in today's market for, for people?
1: You know, I don't, in drilling, it's become very specialized. A lot of the guys that get into drilling, they stay in drilling. And there's nothing wrong with that because it is a very specialized yeah. field. However, when you are in those other situations, when you've worked in those other roles, you are, you know, as a driller, you've probably seen it. Or anybody, you're blinders, you have blinders, you only see kind of one track. Yeah. And to be able to understand the other parts of the business and actually have worked it, it really helped.
0: You know, that's what I remember having a conversation with Kate Hyken. She's the drone manager over at uh, Eventive. And Mm -hmm. she kind of said that she kind of echoed the exact same thing. Right. Like, you know, she's like, look, I was doing this for so long. You know, this was important to me. If, you know, uh, the timing of this was extremely important, you know, then once she went to a different role, you know, know, drilling, completions, uh, production reservoir, you start understanding how, like, whatever you think is important in in your role, it's also, that's directly correlated to a different uh, focus. So you kind of understand on kind of the, the train on how everything needs to go and why some people, you know, some... Drilling and people are like oh completions get off my ass about exactly. this just like da, 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 da. Yeah. but if you have that experience you will be like okay well I understand why right. they're on my ass about right. this you
1: walked in their shoes it's really easy for us to be judgmental when we had never done it yeah exactly and so it really just helps. get it done yeah yes.
0: yeah but once you once you're exposed to the different I guess dynamics of each individual role you understand kind of um, wow okay I could if I did this it might help them out a little bit more and vice versa that's correct okay yeah so you're doing this you're getting your completions experience. You're liking it. You're loving it. You're fracking wells, Ninety-one, ninety-two. Yeah.
1: so I'm doing really good, and- The company
0: loves you. The company loves me. Okay. That's, I think I'm, they do. Okay.
1: Uh, they're getting, they go on and want to transfer me to uh, corporate here in Houston. Um, I went into a very unique role. Uh, I went to, into a geoscientist group. Okay. Geophysicist, geologist, a special group that did uh, exploration conventional plays. Okay and also uh, did unconventional, was looking for unconventional. So I went into a corporate group. How was the reservoir engineer? There was one other reservoir engineer, and then there was a bunch of geologists and geophysicists.
0: So how was that for you? You're, you're going from New Mexico, you know, on on location, and all stuff, now you have a corporate job in Houston. Right. Now you're back in Houston. Yes. You've been gone for probably, was eight years now, yeah, or something like yeah. that. So what was that like?
1: It was, uh, it was, intimidating at first because i'm trying to figure this job out Mm -hmm. moving to houston was no problem i had been here before we moved up to the woodlands great place okay so but as far as figuring out the role you're suddenly with a bunch of geoscientists yeah and i will tell you i learned to appreciate their role so much doing this but as an engineer there's always a little frustration uh, in that role, I was the gopher boy, you know, so I w- did.
0: What's the frustration uh, between, uh, between that, uh, the two, uh, just,
1: you know, you're in an engineering role, just like everybody, you've got certain geologists that have this type of personality, certain, you know, it, it it's just, per- it's personality yeah, at the end of the day. And, uh, but it was a good, it was a good assignment. I did that for three years. I did a lot of traveling. Um, I did learn some things. This was kind of an elite group. Um, I did learn something that to to this day, I have an opinion that I don't know that these elite groups or these corporate groups, specialized expert groups really work in companies. Ooh. Okay. Talk to me about that. Why? Because what happens is, is you've got all these supposed experts. Yeah. And of course you've got all your divisions that have the same people working that play. Yeah. They know what's going on. And so I think, I think in these uh, corporate groups like this, or like even a specialized, I've seen it on specialized drilling groups that are not really associated with a division or an asset. They just got their little experts. There's a little bit of an ego arrogance. Um, And then the, the common man that's doing the assignments out there actually probably knows a little bit more.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And also the other thing I've noticed is that those expert groups tend to have their little pet projects. And so it might not apply here, but they're trying to apply. They're
0: trying to push it to
1: justify. Now, that doesn't mean I'm sure it's worked. But in my opinion and what I've seen, I think it's better to keep it. At the
0: asset level, you know what's funny. So this is this is not the same thing, but yeah. it kind of is. I remember when I was at uh, Noble, it yeah. was I called it the uh, I called it the uh, the shit rolls uphill. So okay. you know, like you get all these new yeah. titles, this new style of top drive or whatever like yeah. that, and it's and it breaks down nonstop, right? So you got the rig manager calling the superintendent and be like this thing is a piece of shit, it sucks, yeah. we don't yeah. like yeah. it. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's, it goes down to have, you know, and then you have the, that guy talking to the, the division managers and hey, how's that new top drive? Well, it's not too bad. Um, there's some, there's some issues going on with it, but overall it's not that bad. Right. Then you got that guy reporting. Well, eventually it goes all the way up to the CEO and the CEO's like, you know what? It's that good. Put them put them on the whole fleet. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so it's like, yeah. it's, it's the whole like shit rolling uphill yes. like, when it's just like, there's so many different, like, yeah, it's like, it's the people in the field it's the people actually you know boots on the ground that know what's going the on The people
1: and it's even the engineers the geoscientists that are associated with that asset yes they know a lot more usually than that supposed 30-year expert now he knows a lot and he may have been somewhere but trying to apply it to some basin that he's never been to no
0: and he probably hasn't visited that's it tough. Either. You yeah. know, and
1: they're doing the best they can, but it, it just, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see that. So is good, this the
0: kind of group you were in? You were in like one of those specialty groups? Yeah, specialty okay. group. We were
1: looking, working, we'd have to go out to the, to the, re, we call them the regions and present, Hey, y'all need to be doing this.
0: Right. And they're you like, know? thanks corporate.
1: Yeah. They're sitting there going, oh. they're being nice because, you know, but I, I saw that, but it was the people in the group were great. It just, and the group was eventually dissolved. There was some good things that came out of it, but and the group was usually eventually dissolved, and then that's where I went to my next role.
0: Okay. Yeah. So got dissolved, and then, and then what, what situation are you in at this
1: point? So I'm in Houston. Okay. Um, Did they, you know where you, what, what, what your next step was? No, but they gave me my choice. Okay. And I said that I wanted to go to, I'd done uh, completions. I'd done a little production i'd done reservoir engineering right i wanted to do drilling so this is th- this yeah. is wh- so this is where, where it yeah starts. so that's 1996. okay so i had been an engineer for what eight years yep and went on into the drilling group there in houston in the houston region over at greens point we called it guns point at that I time i think we still do okay do we, do yes it? that's okay. still that's still true anyway we that's where i went clayton's and- lunches i get it <laughs> i dig it <laughs> And went and did that and started working Western Oklahoma deep gas drilling in okay. Western Oklahoma out of Elk City. Uh, I was here, but that was my area. And so I did that, uh, really cut my teeth there.
0: So your, da- so your dad was a driller too, right? He, was, he did
1: drilling some. He did a lot of, he, he was kind of like me. He did a lot of different roles. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right.
0: But this is the first time, like, now you're in drilling. This mm-hmm. is kind of, uh, you found your passion at this point.
1: Well, I think I have. Okay. You know, I'm just starting out okay. and uh, really started to enjoy it. I mean it was it was great uh, western oklahoma was a great training ground uh, it was you know deep deep wells we're talking deep vertical wells right. a little bit different than and uh did that for gosh i think two or three years you, and you and you're like it and you're,
0: liking, and you're oh, liking. I'm loving it okay and,
1: and what, what about it do you love versus your other roles it that it's so immediate You know everything you do even even compared to a completion engineer everything you do you see the results good or bad i feel like every person that i've spoken Mm -hmm. to like every
0: single one of my frustrations i talk to that's that's in drilling or any guest, and i'm like you know what about it do you love and it's always that answer it's always like i love the fact that i can do something i can see the result immediately um i love the fact how it's not this, this straightforward, you know, activity that, like, there's, there's problems that you have to fix. And right. You have to think outside the box and be innovative with it. Or it's, it's, it's the excitement of constantly, every day is not the same. And exactly. that's what people love. Some people love that. Some people don't. Oh, it tears some people up. It does. It does. <laughs> so, all right, so you're doing it. You're loving it now. You, 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 you found your passion. You're digging this. So?
1: So, the company, not many people did this, but the company had a program where I could go out to the field and be a rig supervisor. This is after two or three years in drilling, designing. I went to the field to Let's be go. a rig, a company rig supervisor. All right. And that was, so I went up to Western Oklahoma. I went up there, you know, I, 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 I kind of got schooled up by some of the guys initially. And then I was on my own. Did you go out there with, with, a, with, an, with like an ego? like? No, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I typically never had that person. Okay. I really watched myself, and I, I think you have to keep yourself in check on that. Yeah. But went out there, had my own drilling rig. Luckily, they always gave me really good tool pushers that would keep me out of a bind. Okay. Um In the, in those days, say, listen to me, I sound like I'm real old, you know, in those days. You know what sucks? Right? I say the
0: same thing, too, now. <laughs> oh, do you? Yes. Oh, gosh. I know. I don't feel All like right. it, but I do. No. I'm like, oh, back in the day. Yeah, I, back in the I day. I remember Doug was like this. I yeah. like, Okay. So in
1: those days, there was just one rig supervisor on the uh, one company rig supervisor. There wasn't any of these two. That's it. You know, of course, these were vertical wells. I did that for about six months. Did real well. Yeah. And then I went up to our uh, Baker, Montana and started drilling horizontal wells up there. The same thing on my own. And, you know, again, I got schooled up a little bit, but the unique thing about, and the company's called Burlington Resources by now. It was Meridian. Okay. But they changed the name because they uh, spun it off on its own stock. So I'm up there, Baker, Montana, that's Eastern Montana near Dickinson, North Dakota. Okay. On the Cedar Creek anticline. It's south of the Williston quite a bit. Okay. And uh, was drilling horizontal wells. I learned to drill those. The interesting thing about us is we did our own directional drilling. So we... We had our MWD kit, our NWD guy out there, but we did the directional drilling. Okay. So here, yours truly is Back. learning how to do that on the fly. On the fly. Okay. All right. <laughs> but um, you know, pretty good at math, pretty good at the concepts. Had been drilling for a while, and so the the issue was there's only one there's only one company rig supervisor on there, so you can imagine when you're drilling the curve, drilling the lateral. Of course, you're having to make the directional decisions on whether to rotate or slide ahead. It gets pretty tiring (laughs) because you're up constantly. I can imagine that. So uh, you're just like, you know, you go on and put in your, and then you're, you're about to fall asleep. Right. In hindsight, I don't know if that was too good an idea from a safety standpoint, but I learned a ton because I drilled a lot of uh, horizontal wells up there and, and, and learn how to directional drill. I, I don't know if I was the best, but I kept it in zone. And, I think that's you know, a pretty interesting,
0: yeah. I guess, uh, side practice to, I mean, as, a, as, a, as an engineer, a petroleum engineer, you're going through all these things and now you're find yourself up in, uh, you know, in the upper, upper, you know, United States, yeah. and, you're, and, you're, and you're learning how to directional drill oh, and yeah. fly. And, and this that, is
1: the winner also. So, oh, so, oh, so that's, I mean,
0: that's fascinating to yeah. me, the fact that, you know, you have all this, and then you also have to add this, add right. a, a directional drilling experience right. on it. Yeah. How did you, what, what, all these roles you're getting into, it it sounds like you've, you've done well at them. You've, you've succeeded at them. What would, why? Like what, what gave you that um, um, ability to, I guess, go on to the next thing?
1: I've always, when I've been taught something, I'm always trying to, what I call drill down into it, get into every little detail, try to put myself in the role, ask the questions. What if, what if this is, they're teaching me. Have you always been that way? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So, you know, whereas, Whereas some engineers, what I've seen over, it, you know, people will sometimes just act as a spectator. You know, they're like on a tour.
0: That's, like not, my, that's, not, that's not my job. Well, I mean, even if, they're,
1: even if they're getting trained up on it, I'll still some, I try to preach. you got to put, you know, you really got to put people on the spot to be able to get them to do it for themselves. And that's always what, you know, the tack that I took. And so, yes, I'm nervous as anything, you know, drilling the, especially drilling the curve. Yeah. Um, but was able to do it and that's, so i did that for another six months okay. so I, and then i come back to midland we're we're doing all this out of midland all right um i i didn't tell you but our group out of houston got transferred to midland and and in 96 that's when i'm
0: that's you know, when, it's when yeah,
1: pretty, i was only in houston at the drilling group probably for eight months and we moved everybody to uh, midland okay so we're doing all this out of midland came back to midland out of that role and then started the engineering of the horizontal wells up there so that was really good. I knew all the field people. The field people were great there. Uh, they really helped me out and uh, did that for, I don't know, another couple of years.
0: I can imagine. I mean, the fact that you were out in the field, the fact mm-hmm. you were over operations, watching yeah. the rig and all stuff, yeah. you're dealing with the people out there. Yeah. That, to me, would be a huge, huge asset right there, and, just, just and, having that trust and that relationship.
1: That's right. And it's done a lot. A lot of people do do rotational assignments now. So right. it's a good deal. And, you know— so after that, I went into the next unconventional play, which was the Barnett Shell in the Fort Worth Basin. Okay. You know, Mitchell Ener- Energy started that play. Yeah. They're the ones that kind of came up with the modern-day frack uh, Mitchell was with the, you know, large, uh, high-rate, slick-water-type fracks, kind of started off the… So you're seeing this. What's going on yeah. in your mind
0: when you're seeing this, this new way, I guess, to perform operations? Well, we're, we started
1: frack. out as vertical wells… Right. And then um, you know Mitchell is developing it. Devin buys Mitchell. They continue to do it. We enter we enter the plays through acquisitions. Uh, we're kind of close followers. Okay, but it's all new. You know these very high rate. We did some high rate jobs in Farmington, but very little. That's got to be exciting. And it, it is, and it is, and that's kind of the that's kind of the start of all this you know uh eagleford and in and, and the permian and whatnot The boom yeah the boom early on because this is like uh probably 2000 to 2004 this okay. is going on and uh so did that uh for three or four we had a lot of rigs running and made a lot of trips from down i-20 from midland to weatherford decatur Denton. <sighs> We did a lot of that. Yeah. It was a zoo down there. I mean, there were a lot of rigs. Chesapeake was in there, Devon. I've heard some from yeah. some of my
0: buddies back in the day, like the, back, you know, the Barnett Shale days. It was, yeah. just, it was just a difference. It was it like, was. it was, it's never blown and gone that way before. No, not in that area.
1: Yeah. Because that was a Mitchell's area way, way back. You know, Mitchell was the guy that built the woodlands, George, you know, Oh, yeah, so yeah. He, he started way back then. You know, he had all that, but then everybody came in and it was boom town. It was almost dangerous to drive on those roads at that time.
0: It was like personal helicopters flying yeah, around everywhere. Yeah. That's because my buddy moved up to Fort Worth at the time. Yeah. And it, that's what he was saying. It was just insane. Yeah. It was insane, the activity.
1: So that's I did that a uh, couple years. Okay. And then what? And then what? So then I became, uh, I got promoted to drilling and completion manager. All right. Um, I think it was called ops manager, but I was in charge of um, all the operations for drilling and completion in uh, western Oklahoma, in the Barnett Shale, and a little in the Permian. We didn't have, uh, we weren't doing that much at the time in the Permian. Okay. But, um, did that, brand new role. That was very learning intensive Did you like
0: that, I guess, new, uh, new level that you were at? Did yes, you enjoy that?
1: Anytime you become a manager, it's an uncomfortable at the first. And um, I learned a ton, you know, but- It it was a slow learning, having all that, uh, all those operations, not only drilling, but the frack completion operations, just a lot going on. So how do you, I guess, I mean,
0: how did you figure out your management style once you got to your first managerial role? I mean, what? I really
1: hadn't at first. Okay. You know, I was just feeling my way through it. Uh, You know, later on in my career, I become a manager again here at Diamondback, totally different approach but there I'm just trying to figure out things so what what,
0: so what was that I guess approach I mean in your first role I mean I mean because obviously there's you know you know there's obviously the old school um uh oil field way to manage people you know what I mean you pay them from the neck down right you know what I mean um are hired hand all that stuff and I missed my son's birth whatever um (laughs) no seriously that's that's a true story I have in my past Somebody, somebody told me that like bragging about that I'm like that's not cool but anyway so um so there's all these different management styles and all this stuff. So you're coming in, this is your new role as a operations manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, what kind of management style did you, did you, I guess, want to, I guess, come, come, my come management with? style
1: has always been, um, delegate and to let the person do his Empowerment. job. Empowerment. Now with that, as a manager, you've got to stay in on the detail. A lot of people will be such delegators. That they don't know what's going on until something goes wrong
0: and, it like, how and can then this it's like
1: but i've always felt like even you know of course in this role right now i feel the same way i'm just much more i feel much more advanced And I, in those days even though i had all this experience you're still going hey have i got what it takes yeah. to do this but my style has always been to listen to what others say of course you may have to make a tough decision but to delegate Uh, and let the guys do their job, not micromanage. So do you think your management style, and this is
0: probably an obvious question, but do you think your management style of of, of listening and empowering and delegating has definitely helped you uh, in your career? Yeah. definitively. Okay.
1: You know, I think that uh, one of my favorite books is this book called Drive by Daniel Pink. Okay. And he says what motivates people is autonomy, being an expert at their field. Everybody wants autonomy. They they don't want to be micromanaged. Uh You know? Uh, some managers still do that. A lot of them still do that. Um, and then they want to be kind of the, ex. these are high performers. They want to be the experts. They want to be the master. Right. You know what I mean? You, you've met drilling engineers who are just studs, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, they're the master. And then the money deal is kind of a constant, you know, you got to pay people well. Yeah. And of course the bonuses have to come, but that's kind of almost somewhat, those first two things are re- really what drive people. We think, you know, it's the money first, but it really is the the autonomy, and the, I really believe that. I completely agree
0: with that. It doesn't matter that the money's there or not. If if I, I if I give you a hundred thousand dollar bonus a day, and all that, right. and you're miserable at work, exactly. so you're not going to be performing well at all. You won't. And you um, know, another sad thing is it's not really sad, but it kind of is unfortunate. Like you know, a lot of my, a lot of my times, you know, like especially during this last downturn, you know, a lot of my Customers got let go and really good, talented people, really sharp, talented, kind of uh, people that'd be great to work with on any level. And um, I knew a lot of them that had a pretty bad micromanaging uh, boss mm-hmm. above them. And unfortunately, uh, first off, it didn't make uh, the operations run any smoother. It's just kind of, you're just kind of becoming a middleman at that at that point or middle person, sorry, but uh, like that. And then um, so, uh, but unfortunately, what I see is like, you know, w- once people are let go and people are put out there into the, into the, the, the employment uh, world and trying to find their next role because they were micromanaged. They can't, they're not, they're not able to showcase and highlight their experience or, or kind of where they shined or what they were good at. Cause they never had the rope to make a decision or to do something to impact the operations uh, or, you know, the, the cost structure in the right way. It's just, it's unfortunate because I understand why people micromanage, because I'm sure that's how they were. Oh, yeah. were and I'm sure that's kind of, from above them you know the pressure the the feeling the heat from above them but when you're doing that I mean you're actually kind of like hurting uh the your subordinates right there because you're not letting them I mean not even looking for a job or not but you're not letting them kind of make a name for themselves and that's to me that's that's tragic you know because why would you hire someone if you didn't trust them to do a great job in the first place
1: and and you know not only are you not highlighting them but your your results are probably not going to be as good you, you know, really, as a manager, as a manager, it is, especially young managers, they're hot shots. Yeah. You know, it's about them. But really, as a manager, it's really, I mean, this sounds cliche, but it is about, about your people. When you, when, you, when, you have something, uh, when you have something successful happen, you need to highlight your people. You yeah. don't highlight yourself. Now, in, it truly is true that when something bad happens, you've got to take, take, the, you heat. take the heat. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot to that.
0: But that's, I mean, that's the thing that's not cliche at all. I mean, it is about the people. It I, is. It's I totally. Mean, and if, if you have a good team that really uh, respects you as a manager and, and, and wants to work, right. they want to do a good job. You know, the last thing they want to hear is for, you know, David to walk in their office and be like, hey, I'm disappointed in
1: you. Yeah. yeah oh. you, that's the other thing. You really need to, you know, where, when you see something good, a lot of managers hold it back. I don't know why. You need to compliment. Yeah, and you need to recognize everybody. That's the number one thing I just said. The autonomy, they, the recognition, is what people want. I'm not saying invent something, but when you see something, you really need to be uh, recognizing them. Sure, there's critique that's going to come in. Yeah, if there's something going wrong. You need to talk to them about it. But really, with your with your staff, you should be complimenting a lot more than yeah. uh, ter- you know, uh, not to critiquing. There's well, a, well, a lot know. of people
0: are like, "Well, he did a good." They did a good job, but that's their job to do a good job. Yeah. So, well, the man, uh, that's yeah. that to me. And yeah. also, I, I remember my first, uh, my first boss in the, in the oil field, he's always like, always compliment in public mm-hmm. and chastise and, or critique in private. Yes. Like, never call someone out at a table or anything like that because that's compliment in public, right. critique in private. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and that, is, that is definitely what you need to do. And, you know, I haven't always done. Now, all this has been developed. Yeah, the no, time. we're not I mean, and and the still process. I made mistakes. It's a process, but that's that is the philosophy
0: that I have. So, S- okay, so um, you're doing this, and then
1: so I'm I'm then, and then we get uh, bought by ConocoPhillips. Okay, so I'm, I'm I've been with a large independent, medium to large independent for uh, for nineteen years at that point. God, it's already nineteen years. Yeah, it's already nineteen wow. years. Okay, so um, because I, from 1996 to 2006, ten years, I was doing all that. Yeah, You know, because I was a, you know, I was drilling engineer and then manager. And uh, so we got bought by ConocoPhillips and that was, that was a challenge. Well, you know, what was the
0: challenge about Was it, was it more kind of the, it was the fact that it was a super major? Or was it more the exactly. fact that it was a, a, a clash of uh, cultures? What was well, it? Well, it
1: was a clash of cultures. Now, ConocoPhillips is an awesome company. Oh yeah. Awesome. Gonna, yeah. But you, you know, being from an independent There is a clash of cultures. And, you know, that was tough, but, you know, I got on board. I realized that if, you know, we're going to make it, they bought you. So you better, you know, you better not just sit there and complain. A lot of people will complain, their productivity will go down. You cannot do that. If you have a problem with that leave.
0: You know what? You, that's exactly right. I remember being um, at a previous company and we made an acquisition mm-hmm. and uh, there was a group of, you know, probably about eight people that came over to our group, um, you know, the old fast track group and all that stuff. So they came over and literally seven of them would sit there and bitch and moan and complain. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not the way we did it over, you know, over there. That's what we did over there. Seven of them, only one person after that was on board because the other, it, it, it's just they start creating all this, 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 shitstorm and the drama, these prima oh, donna. Yeah. And the next thing you know, it's like, this isn't a choice. You can't put plant, your, either you're on board or you're
1: not. Right. You know? Exactly. You have to get on board. Yeah. And, and, and to be quite honest, if it's not for you, you, you can go somewhere Find else. something else. Exactly. So I was, uh, I became uh, drilling and completion manager for ConocoPhillips. Okay. And, uh, they added the panhandle assets and there was more Permian going on. So I had a lot of areas. And, th- and they still expected you
0: to kind of, Hey, look, you, you do your management style. You take care of, you take care of your assets and, and, and
1: we're, we're going to trust you to do that. They did that, but you have to realize a, a super major has a different, even though Burlington had a great safety record, it's a whole new level. Oh yeah. Uh, from ConocoPhillips standpoint. Right. And so really had to get up on, up to speed on that, so there was a lot of pressure there to to get up to speed.
0: That's got to be such an interesting, I guess, uh, experience to kind of go from one role and literally be put in the same role at a mm-hmm. different place. But yeah. now you have extra layers of stuff yes. to do. I mean, personally, I can only imagine not being in that role, not having that opportunity. But I can only imagine it's like, why, why, like, why are we like, right? Yeah, like, look, I'm doing x, I'm doing fifty percent more. To do what I did previously. Right. It's, it's got to be kind of frustrating.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I learned a ton. I mean, I had, uh, I learned so much more. About, Conoco Phillips had a great safety programs. They had a great training they, they program that they sent everybody through. I think they still do it to this day. Right. Uh, really good.
0: So there's that aspect of you're like, okay, well, this is worth it. I
1: still have all that stuff. You know, I kept records. Yeah. I mean, I really learned a lot. Okay. And uh, so that's what I took from it. Now, with that, at that time, I was sitting there thinking, you know, I, wanna, I may want to do something else here. What started that? You know, uh, I had people that I would work with at Burlington that were starting to splinter off, leaving Phillips. Um, we had a lot of guys that, uh, you know, went different ways and actually were big players in other companies.
0: So you're seeing people. And I'm seeing
1: that. And then one of the guys I worked with, in Midland, um, at Burlington Resources, was wanting to form a company. Okay, and so I went for it uh, in 2007. What kind of company? Uh, it was a, it was two companies, a consulting company. Okay, kind of project management Pro- okay. style. All right. We had been operators. Obviously, I had been an operator for 19 years. So you got the experience. Got you got, the, got experience. the Rolodex. You got the name. Yes. Got yeah. you. Um, and then also, but was, what was unique, this was a little hybrid in that we weren't going to be a pure consulting company. We, were, we weren't going to have many consultants working for, you know, the model where you just take money off the top, yep. and pay <laughs> the insurance, everything. Mm-hmm. Else. It wasn't going to be that. I mean, obviously, we had to take money off the top on the very few consultants we did, but we wanted to invest in the projects that we did. Okay. So Is this we, kind of a new idea? Well, I think some people had, had done it. My partner... He had a lot of contacts in Midland, old school, yep. uh, old school guys, reputable guys. And so obviously companies that are starting out, and especially when they go to their private equity guys, and especially as time has gone by, the first thing that private equity guy wants to know that's going to fund you is who's doing your work. Yeah. Because it can turn into a cluster real quick yeah, if yeah. you just, you know just go out there on the street and shop somebody to do it. Right, right. So we felt like we could bring that to the table. So we were the project, in in exchange, we wanted to be able to invest. However, uh, we did probably three major projects there in Midland over uh, 11 years, Okay. actually four. Three of the four turned out very successful, were successful flips. Um, Learned a ton because now I'm having to do everything. You know, i'm having to permit wells i am having oh, to do, do, the, do surface use damages uh having to drill them um, of course i had consultants underneath me had to build facilities had to build facilities inside the city of midland you know a lot of stuff
0: and i'm assuming all these new things for you to learn you yeah. know you're, you're you're in business you know yeah. with your you and your partner but all these new things to learn i mean i i'm assuming based on our conversations to date that probably enjoyable, right? Just kind of like learning all these different, like.
1: Very enjoyable, just like anything stressful. Yeah. Because, you know, when you don't know something, you're sitting there going, okay, what am I going to do? I mean, it honestly, how do I approach this? It could
0: be either, you know, building a site for a location or honestly just trying to figure out how to build a website. Like if you don't know, you're going to learn, but there's that frustration that starts with that learning curve.
1: So my partner, he was really uh, a great person to, to Lean on because he was field based I was engineering based yep, we made a good team, we had two other partners there, and uh, did that for eleven years um, did uh, did a little just pure consulting to start out with, just pay the bills yep. as we started you know doing that so i I, I was working for a company there in Midland at, at the start, but within about a year and a half got our first kind of private deal. Uh, and, and that's on what and,
0: you were going for, right? Yes. So how was, I mean, so once you got that first deal, that was like, okay, that, that was an exciting time. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Because, uh, of course, at, on that one there, um, we had to come up with some money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a big deal when you start putting your own money into something you're doing. And plus it the, changes your philosophy a little bit. When it's yours. When it's yours. Yes. And yes, you try as a company, you try to act like it's yours. But let's face it. You're going to really balance risk and reward. If it's yours. If it's yours. Exactly. And actually on those type of deals, you need to balance risk and reward because uh, like with Diamondback um, or any other Burlington, you're a drilling machine. So you can try different things. Right. And, and, it's, and it's, it's okay to take a little bit more exactly. risk uh, to, for a potential payoff. Exactly. on the, on the you, need that, you need to get that well down on a private deal. You want to do it for as cheap as you can. Right. But you're not going to do something way out way out in left field to try to save a buck that makes sense so that's what's really different about that and then the other thing i learned about this is that even though i'm a driller and a complete you know i'm a mechanic you know operations guy uh on the dnc side and some on the production side what i learned is production is king i mean drillers uh, they're egotistical as anything. I'm being funny. I am a driller, but oh totally no, no, no. I can, confi- I can
0: confirm that, you know, I can confirm yes. that. If all my drilling <laughs> engineer buddies out mm-hmm. there, you know who you are. I love y'all, right. but it's
1: true. Exactly. So production is keen and especially on a private equity thing, developing that type curve and getting the maximum production and keeping production on. And even for a large company, such as any company, uh, diamondback anybody else production is king okay you can think all you want about your drilling side and yes you do need to reduce cost and you need to drill them as cheap as possible but at the end of the day at the end of the day you got to keep that production going okay so i learned a ton there all right um what else the other thing i learned is just go into business with people you know go on go go on go on about that I i feel there's something more there well i mean Luckily my partner, we did that, but there was a couple times where we did some consulting work for people that weren't so familiar with the oil and gas business.
0: Did you know did you know them? Did you have a good relationships with them before you did that? Or was no, they, these okay. were just
1: some blind, very small gotcha,
0: things. Got gotcha. you, you.
1: you. bit Talk about a pain
0: in the a Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. No: bit of a
1: little bit of those guys are of those it just makes a it just makes a lot more difficult. a then the other thing then the other thing is, is it's my ethics if you, you know, if something goes wrong in the oil, you know, on a well, first thing you don't, first thing you really don't need to do is just try to go find a service company to blame it on. You know, people do that. Even in large independence, people still try to do that. It's My philosophy is not that. You have to look in the mirror but um well, you know, some it's, of these, it's
0: easy to finger point though oh it
1: is yeah. I've, I've known certain drilling organizations that anything time that's their that's their MO that's is how they to, get out yeah yeah is to divert the attention but you really have to look at yourself you have to look in the mirror because you're supervising it yeah what the hell yeah, exactly. yeah.
0: That's how, you're preaching the converted
1: so uh, but the other thing I learned is some of these guys these uh you know land guys or people that are developing the plays. Um, especially ones that had not drilled many wells, just very difficult on everything because if something goes over cost, they don't understand it. You know, they think there ought, they're ought, they're ought, they're so ought to be le- a guarantee. So let me ask you, would, yeah. it, would it
0: be a lot easier to, I guess, uh, if you are going going into business with people that you don't know that well, that aren't from the oil and gas industry, or maybe they, they skirt around it, you mm-hmm. know, what would be the best way to, I guess, get in bed with people like that? Would it be, if you wanted to would it be actually spending more time with them uh, before so you can actually kind of gauge their level of-
1: oh, Well, I think full- so. I think you'd have to spend a lot of time with them. Develop a um, the relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Educate them, go through some scenarios, see what their reaction is. If you still don't feel good, just get the hell out not of it. It's not going to be worth it. Yeah. It's not going to be worth it. I mean, it. that's my opinion, my opinion only. I mean, a consulting firm that is a pure uh, consultant, I don't think it would be as big a problem other than- other than they better pay their bills. Right. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing. Some of these guys that are small, you know, they don't pay their bills. And that was the number one thing. I just walk if, if I was associated with somebody like that, because yeah. you have to pay, you, you know, pay you the, have to pay people. You have to pay the, your vendors. I agree. And uh, it is the goal of some people to try to get out of every oh, dollar, yeah. dollar they can. Exactly. But the thing is though, that,
0: uh, but it's not even funny. But it's it's kind of it's one. I understand people trying to obviously reduce costs in times like this, and uh, you start going down that road. Mm-hmm. Um, the industry's small. Yeah. Okay, you're going to get a name for yourself like that, and people are not going to want to help you out, or people are not going to want to work with you. Or when they do, they're not going to give um, the attention that that you're expecting, just because you got that name that you're just kind of comb through everything and try to beat down on 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 your service providers, which right. is just. To me, that's just an archaic way of doing things because at the end of the day, we're business partners, not an oil field Definitely. service company versus operators. Definitely.
1: You know, that's, that's the thing I preach even to our guys is when something goes wrong, obviously a, a, a service company messes up, they may have to come take to a the little table, yeah. take a little hit. But you really need to look at yourself because a lot of times it does involve your supervision yeah. or, your, or your guys that you're paying out there to supervise. But
0: then again, it's the ego thing. People don't want to admit that. No,
1: but the, the best ones do because of self agree. critique. I agree. You know, if you can self critique, um, you're going to be really good. So I did that for 11 years. Well, hold on a second. I'm going to, I'm going to pause on that,
0: mm-hmm. uh, self critiquing mm-hmm. thing. I have, I don't know what's been going on with me lately, but I've been kind of, you know, I've, I've been, you know, I've been preaching this, preaching that. I have been a big, um, advocate of, of focusing on yourself. Like, mm-hmm. um, just looking, looking, looking inward saying, okay, well, where can I contribute? What's my value? What's this? What did I do wrong? You know, mm-hmm. versus, I, I, I just want to echo that point of taking some accountability on your own, because in this world, it's so easy to pass accountability. Like, oh, it wasn't me. Right. I, I didn't do that. But once you start doing that, you're only going to improve yourself as not only as a person, but also as an employee, as a teammate. So I, I love that aspect right there. I just want to kind of just yes. touch on that.
1: I mean, self critique is so important. We preach it every day at Diamondback. We have some of the greatest uh, ops meetings, uh, and they're not negative critique, but when something goes wrong, we go through it. Yeah. And, you know, same with yourself. If you can go, you're, you know, you're looking for ways to improve. It's the bottom line.
0: Critique, maybe it's the wrong, mm-hmm. bad word to use for it then. It's not like yeah, self-reflection. Uh,
1: it's just, yeah, self-reflection, uh, continuous improvement. I that, mean, that's been around forever. That's a, that's a good way to but. Uh, you know if you're the style of organization that d- diverts attention somewhere else to be quite honest you're not going to improve
0: yeah
1: um so you know that's that's a big style of that's what I really preach you know because you know when we have something go wrong because we have stuff go you know all the drill field all the drilling people all the companies like to say how great everything's going and and to be quite honest we're you know overall our cost profile is great but we have issues and you know, you've really got to delve into those issues and try to figure out what to do better.
0: Yeah. So, so did you like working for yourself for 11 years?
1: Yes, I did. I did. The only thing I missed JP is I was in an office. I mean, you know, we had other people in there, but you're kind of by yourself. Yeah. You missed the camaraderie. You missed the network. Oh gosh. Okay. You know, I mean, you really do. Um, but i did enjoy it i mean i learned so much i had total flexibility uh, when you're working for yourself like that you've got to make sure and uh, save during the good times because you're going to have dips right uh, a lot yeah. of people don't do that well this is,
0: uh, this is really good information yeah. go on go on, go so, on.
1: <laughs> but yes you have to uh when you're making the big money don't be spending the big money right you know or try not to. I mean, there's nothing wrong with treating yourself, right?
0: Yeah, but don't a little bit. don't
1: live like that. Yeah, you really need to keep us because there may be times, uh, you know, there might be something happen that suddenly the revenue in coming in. I, I I can think of something pretty close, you know, that happened just a year ago. And you, you know, know what I mean?
0: I mean, this is this isn't just people going on their own business. This actually goes out. I remember yes. I remember when I was working offshore. Every time I get to that helipad, it's like got this new grill. I just bought this new book. Bought this. I'm <laughs> exactly. like, dude, like. What the, do you have? Like, I'm not saying do you have savings, but it's like, just like you, every time money comes in, money goes out. Yes. Yeah. Like I'm not, this isn't, this isn't strictly for business owners. This is for feel hands, everybody. You're exactly right. Oh my God. It was, it was so funny though. Like they'd always buy toys after. I loved, oh, yeah. I loved yeah. hearing about it. Just got this gun. $5,000. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, um, so I think that, so I don't know where that, tan- where that tangent brought me, but yeah, I just remember you telling me that, uh, save, yeah say i
1: mean uh, basically in business for yourself you're totally dependent on the revenues you know with a job you same thing you don't need it but you do have that paycheck every yeah. time the paycheck may not be there for a couple months when you're in business by yourself That's
0: scary but exciting yeah
1: so but i really i truly enjoyed it
0: so you missed you missed the people you i did the miss corners, the camaraderie so how so when, when did this kind of uh you take the leap on jumping
1: into so diamondback we went in um you know, we went in 2015, uh, we actually started, we had a pretty good program, our last flip, uh, which was, we developed all the property just uh, just north of Midland, uh, the country club and east of there, and uh, did that, did that sell. Was this the last flip you, 2015? Well, uh, it was probably 2017 okay. or something like okay. that. We got that done, or maybe it was 2016, I can't remember the year. And then we entered another, we did another play. It was our last one was not so successful. Right. Because, you know, one thing you have to remember, especially on private equity and all this, everybody always hears about the good things. You know, there's a lot, you know, for every one, there's probably a lot of sad stories. Too. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's not an easy business. Well, that's how they
0: operate. There's, yeah. there's, they have, you know, 15 irons mm-hmm. in the fire. Right, and,
1: exactly. Yeah. So 2018, beginning of 18 oil prices starting to creep down. There's less deals for private equity to exist. There has to be people market. buying stuff, yes, right? Yes. The other thing is the horizontal market, the horizontal drilling has come into play. Suddenly you're not drilling 800, uh, one and a half million, $2 million uh, vertical wells. You're drilling $10 million, or at that time, $10 million, $9, $10 million some horizontal multiple, for the drilling yeah. and the completion. And you think about that for a one-rig program, 150 mil, you know, for each rig for the year, drilling, completion, facilitate, huge capital. it becomes cost. very capital intensive. And even for some of the private equity people.
0: Well, I mean, after, I think, after 2015, uh, 20, I say 2015, those flip, those, 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 punch holes in the ground, yeah. and flip it. That was, that was gone. Private equity yes. was not as attracted to the oil and gas industry. No, it they, would it they,
1: just, it was a different environment. Right. They could not even, the acreage was, instead of the acreage being $5,000 an acre, the dollars yeah. an acre. So, um, you know, it became very tough. Now I'm a, I, my, my partner and I called ourselves just, we were just mechanics. That's okay. basically all we were. Okay. You know, we're operations guys. So at that point, seeing where it was going, there was some interesting stuff on them, us potentially, you know, developing another play. But I just wasn't going to wait around two years to build an acreage block. And you're, you know, and, you're and missing I'm sitting the there people. spinning my thumbs, you know, just looking at the four walls, waiting for the. It's time the to next. do something. It's time to do something. Once and, you're once you're in that right.
0: mindset, it's it's, it's it's. Don't be sitting there being an artist. Don't right. stop. Don't draw a paycheck. You know yeah. what I mean? Don't be the Van Gogh, the old, yes. know, get out there and do something yes. that you're passionate I,
1: about. I'm, I don't want to quit the industry yet. Right. I don't okay. want to retire. Um, I like working. And so I worked with, uh, at Burlington, I worked with Travis Stice, who's our CEO of Diamondback. Okay. And I also worked with Mike Hollis. Uh, he was one of our engineers and they were two of the, two of the founders. Of Diamondback,
0: so you so you still kind of kept uh, well. They were in our
1: building, so we'd see them all the time. Oh. We'd shoot the bull. They they had done incredible things as time went on. Oh yeah, went through a lot of struggles. You know, one just straight to the top, and uh, so we kept the prize. I always admired Travis as such a fine person, and that's who I wanted to target. So I called up Mike, and you know. Uh, one thing led to another and became Drilling Manager at Diamondback Energy late 2018, So, fall was, of 2018. so it was
0: through your, your, your previous network, mm-hmm. it was through your contacts, and you keep those relationships alive, and you just, and through a conversation, you never know where something's going to go.
1: Right, right. I mean, we we had kept in touch, and you're right, it's the networking and staying in touch with everybody. I. So many people from Burlington went so many different places. Yeah, You know, the guy I worked with uh, in out, out of Elk City is now uh, Rick Munkrief is the head of Devon. You know, uh, Tommy News became Oasis Petroleum. He, yeah. I worked for him in Farmington. Um, there's a Len Energy, you know, uh, I forgot what his name was, but he came from Burlington. So all these people. They call it, you it know, the, the spider web. It's yeah, like, it's what Bubby used to call it. It's yeah. like.
0: You might not get any success, like if I'm calling mm-hmm. a marathon for X number right. but you never know where that gentleman or that you know right. that, that that lady's going go e- exactly. to go next. Where exactly? Yeah, exactly.
1: So that's what I did. I went to work for Diamondback so, as a drilling manager. So you're you're going
0: from managing yourself, managing mm-hmm. some folks for 11 years, you know, trying to do that. Now you're at a court. Now you're at a, a you know one of the premier companies out mm-hmm. there, the growing companies. You know, obviously people are trying to get in the door there it's like a lot of lot of spotlight on that and now it's a corporation so right. now you're managing again yes yes so talking about that transition
1: you know it wasn't that big a tra- you know i had been i'd done it for 19 years yeah yes it had been 11 years since i did it but i went back into it pretty easily even when my uh, business partner and i were talking about it i went back into it fairly easily you know after going that 11 years by myself gave me so much confidence because i mean it was trial by fire yeah because um my business partner and i used to joke you know it's a lot different being on your own than having the mothership yeah and having all that support so when i went back there and with diamondback i did not want to go into a i wanted to go into a pretty fast moving even though it's a now becoming a larger independent it's still we've got probably the lowest headcount so it's still a small smaller field. yeah we've got I mean if you look we've got the highest production per head count that there is okay so we've got a low head count still now we've grown there's we've got a lot of employees but not near the employees so it's still a lean organization I wanted to go into a lean organization Yep. one that didn't you know all organizations have politics but (sighs) I didn't want to go into one that was politic heavy politic driven yeah so I that's why I selected it. was just a good fit. It was a great fit. And that's the way it is there. And, you know, I've got drilling engineers that report to me and uh, drilling superintendents. And, you know, it's been great. It, it was different in the fact that suddenly here, David had maybe at the most three rigs going, probably at the most one rig at a time. To suddenly at that time, suddenly I had 16, I think up to 16 drilling rigs underneath me. But I was I was equipped at that time to handle that. Okay. You know, but totally different,
0: right? But you kind of probably needed that that confidence to do that to step in that role with sixteen rigs, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, and there's, rigs there,
1: there's yes. I mean, I felt good about it. Good. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of and I think they're doing good, but there's a lot of drilling managers out there that were and they're doing good, but they graduated from college maybe seven years ago.
0: Yeah. I, you're, yeah, you're, there is a development.
1: Right. There is a development. I mean, I've seen a lot.
0: Okay, so that's a, that's a great segue. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that for these for these drilling managers. You know, that, that are that graduated college, you know, seven to ten years mm-hmm. ago. What I guess, I mean, from your perspective, obviously to me, advice is you know, take it or leave it. Like people actually, they act like, oh, what would be your advice? I guess towards um, uh, corporations or individuals that are that are achieving these these managerial roles at such a an early stage in their career, I guess.
1: It's kind of what I said before. They need to, you know, usually those guys that get it are high performers, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like Michael Jordan, you know? Michael Jordan was, didn't he try to coach at one time and he was terrible at it? I feel
0: like you're right. Yeah, Yeah. I think he did. Or
1: maybe it was Magic Johnson or something. But, you know, these high performers, you've still, so you've got a little bit of an ego, right? Right. You're a manager now i'm young big time yeah yeah you've really got to check your ego yeah and the other thing what i said earlier you still got to you know it's not going to be all about you it's not all about you you're there for a purpose but your guys are the ones that are getting the work done yep um and I think sometimes the younger managers, they, they discover this eventually. And, and some of them may be perfect when they go in. They may have the personality. It just all lines sure. up. Sure, But I would just say, check your ego, listen to your people, give your people credit, you know, listen to your field organization. And um, you know, there's a lot of young managers that have made decisions where all the input was coming in the opposite way and they still made a different decision. That's now, maybe that was right in a certain standpoint. Right. But a lot of times, people get burnt. Trust your people. You really have to trust your people. And so, that's the only thing I would suggest. And and just realize where you are at in your career, that you still have a lot more to learn. Yeah. You know, and, and even myself, I to this day, which, what have I got? 33 years of experience? I mean, still know You're still, still curious. Know You're still asking no, questions. No, do not know everything. I mean, these... These, these young drilling engineers or these guys that are working for wow. me, they, and not all of them are young, even these 10, 11-year ing- drilling engineers, they know so much more than me about all the motor selection and the bits and all this stuff. I, I know a lot about situations to try to keep us out of trouble, you know, overall, but these guys are studs.
0: Well, I mean, if, if you hire good people that know that stuff, I mean, in reality, yes, you need your… How you yeah. are? You're curious. You'll ask about it. But I mean, if you got great people that knows that a lot yeah. more than you, yeah. lean
1: on them. Yeah. So, but I that's what I would that's what I would tell
0: a new drilling manager. So what about this down? I mean, so you've been through several downturns in the past. Obviously, some that's rocked the industry. Some lesser ones and all that stuff. How was your feeling towards this last downturn? And kind of uh, where are you where are you seeing things now? I guess with the with the capital being you're, starved from the market. You're talking. You're,
1: you're talking the COVID downturn, oh, right? Oh man. Yeah. Oh buddy. Um
0: No, now we just got flagged for saying COVID. They haven't tried to keep that off this off the air. Oh, no, I'm kidding. That, no, I'm kidding. Okay. You know anything right now, it's like the <laughs> mention COVID, it's like see this, see usa.gov, for, you know, COVID, it's like okay. I it was a meme. It was a meme. Okay. I got you. No. Yeah, the COVID the COVID the, downturn.
1: The uh of course, esg is a big thing now. Yeah. Um the markets are starving capital to the oil and gas companies. Has it been this bad uh, before? I've never seen, I, no, never have I seen the, uh, the energy, energy, um, you know, looked down upon so it, much. It's now. bad. Yeah. Now, with that, um, I still am very positive because the bottom line is, in my opinion, uh, the renewables just aren't there to replace that
0: yet. No. And a
1: lot of people think it's going to happen instantaneously. I tend to th- agree that it's going to be a 20 to 40 year process, you know, but I don't know all that. And I don't know, you know, I'm not an expert in that field, but I do think we've got a good industry looking ahead of us.
0: Yes. I'm not, I'm not in that field too, to understand, you know, renewable technology and all that stuff, but I'm also in, living in the real world mm-hmm. where it's like, I don't want to switch all over to renewables right now because I do like driving. I do exactly. like, I do like air conditioning. I do like saving a little bit of money on uh, versus spending it on, a higher utility bill and all that stuff. And the, frankly speaking, the technology and the storage capacity and the infrastructure is just not there. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing though, is let's work together. Let's have conversations together being us versus them, which is the narrative that.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you this on the ESG side, as a company, you better have a plan and you better have a real plan. So I'm not against that. I mean, we're coming out with all sorts of good things, you know, flare reduction, you know, making our prime movers uh, you know, electrify our prime movers on our compressors, gas lift, all this stuff. There's a lot of low hanging fruit that we're doing right now. It, it, we've been forced to do this, but it's, there is some p- real positive to it. I just know?
0: talked to my buddy, uh, Ryan Keys, who's over at a triple crown of uh, mm-hmm. resources. And he's like, you know, ESG's here. Okay. Yes. And it's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like it really isn't. He was, I mean, he's meeting with investors and that's kind of the theme of what what he's hearing. And he decided to, to kind of instead of look at it as kind of a, you know, a, a, something that you have to deal with, you know, a daily occurrence that you have to go through and manage and all that stuff. He's like, he started turning into a, a profit. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, let's look at this as kind of an area to, to create, generate revenue. Right. And uh, he spoke at the Doug up in yeah. um, uh, Fort Worth a couple of weeks ago, but like, I loved that thought process. Like let's not look at this kind of as a pain in the ass to deal with because we're doing it already, right. but let's, how do we make money off of this? Right.
1: Yeah. And, and from what I've seen, looking at, uh, what we're doing, you know, you can look at it on the website to see what we're doing, but it is exciting to see the technology because, uh, to be quite honest, you know, the reducing the flaring and, and all the things, tankless batteries, whatnot. I mean, it it really makes sense. Are you seeing a
0: lot more technology come out of this downturn than you have previously before?
1: Um, you know, I am seeing the, the, the biggest technology I'm seeing on the drilling side is of course, uh, You know, the AI, uh, the kind of the Corvas or the NOVs or the mobilizes; those are coming more to the forefront. We're using that technology. The automation, I'm not there personally. You know, I'm old school, but it's going to happen, especially with the labor force.
0: Oh, yes. You know, I
1: I can see, I don't know if any, you know, everybody's thought of automation from the, just the economic standpoint. But I almost think that this labor force, you're going to need to automate more. I'm just skeptical. I know that I'll be there when somebody else figures it out. I'm not going to be, you know. We, you know, we'll be fast followers. We yes. Won't, we won't probably develop the technology. Right. Right. Um, but that technology, and then of course all the motor, and you know they just get more yeah, and yeah, more. Yeah. But, um, but I'm talking yes. like the, the
0: Corvus stuff is pretty exciting. The Novisa, I mean, all that stuff. I mean, this oh, stuff is I'm it's seeing, amazing. I, dude, I was walking around. Uh, uh, Doug Perman, I'm seeing this. I'm seeing so many unique, cool, innovative ideas, and I've never seen this type because usually technology innovation in the oil field is what a better motor, right? Or it's better right. this, better that. This is like some, as you were saying, some AI, some like real forward innovative thinking, and it's kind of make it kind of breathe a new uh, pulse into the energy. A uh, different
1: industry. style of person. Yeah, I like it. You know, it really. I mean, basically old school, just engineer, go out there to the field. But now you're getting all these technology guys in here. And these guys are innovative thinkers. Yes, and if you can collaborate them with the people that have the actual knowledge, knowledge, uh, the actual practical field experience, because I think it's going to turn out good. It's just not again; it's not going to happen overnight.
0: And that's the thing, though. I think once you once you tie up that uh, the innovative uh, individual and actually do put them out um, in the field or get some field experience, spend spend some time out there, understand the prop versus oh um let me just come up with this because i think it sounds good and i'll try mm-hmm. to sell it to you no, yeah like let's let's get some actual practical knowledge and think of look at things from a different perspective outside view and just come up with some right. new ideas
1: yeah yeah so so you're, you're excited you're positive oh i industry. am very positive and, and as far as capital goes you know eventually it's going to come back yeah now maybe it'll be in a more measured most of the public companies are holding they want they want they back. want well they they don't want to spend 100% of their cash flow. They want to pay their dividends, they want to pay down their debt. None of this going out and borrowing money through, you know, bonds or yeah. issuing stock. I mean, they're wanting to really deliver to the shareholders. So, I don't but you are seeing some of the private companies come up. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, hopefully we'll see, you know, the oil prices already come up. Uh, these uh, all these big companies are going to throw off massive earnings and It'll be you know, people again. are getting more efficient. Um, do I think that it'll be grow, 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 like, you know, you're borrowing to, to drill? No, you're probably going to have to have that dollar in your pocket to, uh, to actually be able to drill that well. It's
0: going to be a different way that yes. the oil field does it business. Um,
1: and I'm sure some of the private stuff will come back too. That I think the acreage costs are still prohibitive because I don't think they ever came down in the bust, you know, uh, maybe, um, maybe st- distress companies, but yeah. I think that, you know, right now I'm sure it. It's They're holding, to, yeah. people
0: are, I mean, especially with the commodity price, being there, yeah. people are holding tight. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah that's, it's, it's kind of a, a self-fulfilling.
1: But uh, I'm positive. I am positive. I, I almost think that the, the pendulum of the ESG is going to almost maybe cause too much massive, oil, you know, hydrocarbon increase. You know, you wonder if we're getting too ho- far ahead of ourselves right. to where, because you were starving. I mean, people are not drilling yet. No, you know, no. Oil wells do decline. Yes. And now we're sitting at what, a year and a half? I mean, they, everybody stopped drilling all, all around the world. You know, eventually things have got to come to a head. So it's, I am
0: positive. I am too. I mean, historically when, you know, oil got above, you know, 60, $65, it was yeah. like, who, who wasn't picking up a rig right, at that point? And right. you're not seeing that now. And I'm, no. I'm actually kind of liking that because it's like, let's, let's, let's perform how we, how, like a business.
1: Well, everybody knows that the Middle East guys, they still have, what, five million barrels a day in their yeah. pocket. I mean, still people are scared of that. But as, this, as we come out of this pandemic and the demand, you know, just like uh, trying to travel now is a real pain. It oh, almost seems like, yes. you know, I, I really see it. So I'm- The demand's you know, I, there. I'm encouraged. I, I hope this latest variant doesn't hurt us, but um, I'm still positive. Well, good. So-
0: Well, Dave, you got anything else you want to bring up today? I know it's it's almost time to kick off the weekend. No,
1: I've enjoyed talking to you. I've I've actually followed your podcasts um, during COVID. your really? other, other podcast? Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you like that?
0: I, I'm at, I'm blown away. Okay. About so that, this first new off. new
1: podcast I really like. I you know I think that uh, you've got the content. You know, so many of these podcasts might have two characters going back and forth, and they're funny for a while. Yeah. But to me, content's king and you've had a lot of you've had a real variety of people on this. So that's the same So I really right congratulate. It.
0: Well, thank you. I pre- I seriously appreciate that. Like this the podcast kind of started obviously like, you know, I was, you know, we were talking before about salespeople and kind of what's going on in their worlds right now. And kind of during COVID, it was the time to like, I gotta do something. I gotta right, do something right. either. And the goal wasn't to stand out. The goal was actually to kind of like as a man, like I've been in the oil field for I'm sixteen over 16 years now. Right. You know what I mean? I've got a lot of connections and like, I've had some great conversations with some great customers, you know, in the tea box or like, you know, at dinners or just kind of casual conversation. It's like, I need to highlight. I feel like highlighting the individuals and the personalities of our industry because, you know, f- far too often people are like, well, okay, well, he's a drilling manager. He's a certain way. He's an engineer. He's a certain way. Oh, there's a salesperson a certain way. But at the end of the day, like that's not it. Like you're not the you're not your position. You know what I mean? Right. And I I love showcasing people's story. I love connecting people in our industry. Like I really dig that. and I, I guarantee people to listen right. to this and know something like, oh my God, he was in farming in New Mexico. Right. Like right. I grew up there. Right. You know, like and just getting getting little tidbits like that out, I I, I really I, I love it. Like I really do.
1: Well, you've been—I mean—listening to it, it's been very unique. Well, thank you. And so I, I
0: hope you appreciate the uh, '80s throwback with the with a new like uh, 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 the cover art and the style. Yeah, it's a very. Uh, no, I don't one. know.
1: If, I, I don't know if you would have done good in the '80s. I do, go okay. I mean, yeah. Go I on. Don't go I don't on. know. I don't know. I worry mean? about you. You know, I mean, you might go full '80s. No, I'm, know? I'm, I mean, there was some people that. Just I w- went a little too far. I would, you know, watching Teen Wolf,
0: I would have been Styles. You know okay. what I mean? I would have been the best friend Styles. Right. I wouldn't have been Michael J. Yeah. Fox. Okay. Like that'd be my yeah, that's me. I would go for ladies.
1: Okay. You know, but I'm okay
0: with that. All I right. appreciate that. So everyone, Dave, I wanted to uh, thank you for coming in. And right. uh, you can find him on um, on on LinkedIn. Um, the uh the drilling manager over at uh, Diamondback uh, David uh Wontok. And uh thanks for your time, man. I hope you have a good weekend. I enjoyed this. Well, thank you very much, JP. I love your experience, man. All I right. I think uh Yeah, I dig it. Okay. All right. right. We'll talk to y'all soon. Thanks so much.